when you discuss things, people have different opinions on their favorite sports team, their politics, you know, different things. Everybody universally hates condoms. Every single person we talk to just does not like using them. And so that got us thinking and just like, okay, can we do something different? Can we do something better? And does something better exist? And so, you know, we had to kind of do a lot more research and figure out whether that exists and how to provide that experience. When you're building a business, the stakes are always high. Now, think about building a company based on a product that absolutely has to work 100% of the time. And the other competitors in your category have been around for a century and own about 70% of the market. Ooh, that might seem like a lot of pressure. And you maybe would assume that having to succeed under those circumstances would mean working in a pretty intense environment, right? Well, that's not necessarily the case for PS Condoms. This young D2C brand launched its first product in early 2020 and has been steadily building a base of loyal customers ever since. And the co-founders, Rob and Raja, have made sure to bring some fun and humor to the company along the way. On today's episode, we chatted about what it's been like to build PS Condoms and why creating a welcoming, open, and fun brand has been critical to the company's success. These guys were a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Really quick, I want to say thank you, thank you to our awesome sponsor, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm going to allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent State of Commerce report. Hi, this is John from Salesforce. Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash commerce insights. That's sfdc.co slash commerce insights, one word. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you to subscribe to our weekly e-commerce newsletter at mission.org slash upnext in commerce. It's amazing. It's great. You will learn a lot of good things. Go subscribe. Hello and welcome back to Up Next in Commerce. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, CEO at mission.org. Today on the show, we have the co-founders of PS Condoms, Rob and Raja. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Yep. Thank you. Excited to have you on. So before we dive in, I want to go through some backgrounds so people can get to know you a bit. So maybe, Raja, if we start with you, a little about who you were before PS. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm um, originally from New York, based, based in LA right now. Um, I met Rob about a decade ago. You know, I started out my career in finance and pretty quickly learned that's probably not where I want to spend my career. Rob and I met about a decade ago in, in business school and at that time was kind of thinking through some decisions, ended up working in technology. Uh, I worked at Facebook for about five years, worked on the ad side of the business, really got to understand kind of how you know, they had built that business and eventually just saw myself wanting to be on the other side rather than talking to clients and advertisers about campaigns and kind of their goals for marketing. I actually wanted to be those companies. So I thought, you know, why not? 
work on something like this? And then, you know, Rob, if you want to kick into kind of your background. Yeah. So I was born, raised in uh, Maryland and uh, went to the University of Maryland for undergrad. Uh, I joined the Marines while I was in school. And in 2003, I took a year off to take part in the invasion of Iraq. So I was there for about eight months. I served with the Light Armored Reconnaissance Unit. Um, and I went up through the border in Kuwait, took Baghdad, and then uh, ran missions through southern Iraq. And once I came back, I finished up school, moved to New York uh, to do investment banking uh, with UBS for a few years and uh, with healthcare, covering healthcare companies. And then after a few years, I decided to move to South America because I always wanted to live in South America. I always wanted to do an Ironman triathlon. So I put those two together. I was in Ecuador for six months and then the mountains in Colombia for six months and then finished the race in Brazil. Uh, came back to New York, worked at Goldman on the prop desk for a bit and then went to Wharton for business school, which is where I met Raja. And then when I saw his hair, I was like, oh, I got it. His hair's good. At yeah. some point, <laughs> yeah. So, and then after school, I um, I moved to Korea for a year because I was wanted to live in Korea and I was kind of you know looking at different ideas. I wanted to do my own startup. I met my co-founders while I was there back to New York, started a mobile advertising company um, through an app. Um, and then uh, after a few years, sold that to another company um, based in Korea. I was the head of the U.S. office for a few years and then decided that you know, PS was you know, the next thing that I wanted to work on. So here we are. So Rob, was it your idea? And if so, what was the reaction when you're like, I want to do a DTC content company? <laughs> Tell me a bit about that. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, happily married right now with kids. I like and, the clarification. Um, I was wondering, before Rob. That, yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was single for like 13 years, you know, and um, for like 10 of those years, I was, I was using Trojans. Like I remember the first time walking into oh, CVS in like college and buying a pair of condoms or a pack of condoms. And not even thinking twice about that decision. And, but along the way, it's like, you know, you realize like nobody likes condoms. Like everybody hates using condoms. And uh, I was just kind of thinking, well, why is that? Like, why can't we do something? Why can't we do better? And doing like a bit more research on kind of the space. It's like, you look at three companies that are 90% of the market, you know, and to put that in perspective, like, Google and Facebook are like 70% of the market. You know, Trojan alone is 70% of the market, right? Like Google plus Facebook is like 70% of the ad market. And people are talking about bringing them both down mm-hmm. because through like antitrust, right? Like, and so you have one behemoth in the industry, uh, two other companies that have large market shares and they're all over a hundred years old. So I'm like, okay, well, that's it right there. Like why, if they have this kind of share, like, why, mm-hmm. why would they change anything, right? Like, why provide a better product yep. when they don't have to? And that's when, you know, I, I broached the idea to Raja. So Rob, then I, Rob was visiting LA and I had already given my notice to Facebook saying I was going to leave and had already started thinking through some ideas on, on companies I wanted to work on. I definitely wanted it to be in e-commerce. And Rob was like, we should start a condom company. And I was like, look, like I... I also happily married. I had one kid at the time. I, I'm pretty sure I had one kid at the time. And, you know, I was just like, why would we do this? And kind of, he ran me through some of those facts and I didn't realize all those companies, each of them were a hundred plus years old. I do know that, you know, and we kind of joke about this, but as 
you know, as friends, um, when you discuss things, people have different opinions on their favorite sports team, their politics, you know, different things. Everybody universally hates condoms. Mm -hmm. Every single person we talk to just does not like using them. They cause, you know, friction, the wrong type of friction um, in the situation. They, they're milky. There's like this weird residue. It smells gross. There's so many things that people just typically say like, okay, I don't like them. They take away from what should be an enjoyable experience. And so, you know, that got us thinking and just like, okay, can we do something different? Can we do something better? And does something better exist? And so, you know, we had to kind of do a lot more research and figure out whether, you know, that exists and how, how to provide that experience. Yeah, I love it. So, I mean, it makes me think about other industries in general, like how many are out there that are like this, that people just, you know, continue to use and just think like, this is the best there is. What else can you do with it? I mean, Rob, I'm guessing you probably looked into other industries as well, knowing your like finance background, like how, what other ideas maybe did you have outside of PS? Well, I, I mean, this was the main one that I focused on. I think there's like, it was, it was appealing because there was obviously the product angle. I was like, all right, like, why not? Let's come up with a condom that you're just pretty much not going to know it's mm-hmm. there. You know, like, it's just not going to be, it's not going to take away from the experience. The other part is, yeah, you know, like Raja and I are Asian American men, right? And we're not really portrayed as being sexy at all. What? Or, you guys or, are sexy. Come on. No, look, I, I, I know that, you know, <laughs> know in my heart of hearts. I know that. <laughs> I've known that for like my entire life. But like, if you look at, you know, let's say like the media or movies and stuff like, I mean, let me, let me bring the question back to you. Like, when was the last time that you saw an Asian male lead in the movie mm-hmm. and who got with the female? Yeah, true. I can't think of like nothing's coming to mind. They didn't write it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, so that's just, you know, that's one, one thing that we wanted to change. Right. Like, I mean, Raj is a manly man. Like look at, look at his, look at him. So definitely. Right. Like, very he's a beautiful man he's he's a manly dude like i'm a manly guy like i don't you know like i know what i've done like i don't need somebody to tell me that i'm manly or not manly right and you look at trojan man and trojan man is like the epitome of toxic masculinity right like oh you have to look a certain way you have to be a certain way you have to sound a certain way to be considered manly i'm like you know what like i want to work on a brand i want to create a brand that says like you don't have to be any type of way just be who you are own that be yourself and and that in and of itself is sexy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And and that's what we're pushing. That's great. So when even coming up with this idea, like what did the early days look like? I mean, you're coming from backgrounds where you haven't created products before and you like, how did you even, you know, know where to start when it came to like sourcing and product testing and all the things that come with that? So we went back to the roots, you know, like I went to uh, Korea and we talked to different manufacturers there. And the thing is like outside of the US, there's, uh, so Trojan's, you know, a, a large manufacturer here, um, but there's other other countries, like Trojan's a smaller part of the market globally. Direx is actually, has the biggest market share globally. Um, so each country, it's like very, it's very local. So if you go to different countries and you have different products. Um, so we went to Korea and we saw that, um, you know, there's different manufacturers that are doing very different things uh, from what they're doing here. Um, and so that's how we, we came up with our, our particular condom and our manufacturer to, to bring that here to the States. Got it. So you didn't really create something like completely brand new. It was finding what was already working and then bringing that back here. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have a 
a, a little separate, you know, tweak to our formulation. But yeah, like we work with uh, a manufacturer that already existed and we're closely with them to bring something to market. Got it. And I'm guessing this past year and a half or so has probably been a big boom for you guys. Lots of people home. They need what you're selling. Tell me a bit about yeah. what that's looked like. Yeah, I can, uh, I can take that. Like, I think when we, we first launched and we weren't really taking off very much until like February, 2020, things started going a little bit better. And then March comes and we're like, oh God, like what's going to happen right now? And what ended up happening was kind of what you described. Like things just really took off for us. Like things went really positive, even though, I mean, you know, the big negative there is that the kind of the single people weren't really meeting up with other single people. Yeah. The dating apps were kind of, you know, not really active or people were doing Zoom dates. Zoom dates are phenomenal, I'm sure, for building rapport, but not really great for our product. Mm -hmm. But what we saw was actually, you know, there's a lot more couples buying from us. Uh, people, I think couples go through more thoughts around family planning when it comes to situations like last year. And then as things have opened up, we've just seen like huge, you know, booms in, in purchasing. Um, you know, so we've seen those huge like upticks this spring, I think, you know, was great for us um, as, as everything sort of opened up and people started going out and hanging out again. But, you know, condoms are a really great product. You know, I think we found some information where it said, during the economic downturn in 2009, condom sales actually went up like, you know, a double digit mm -hmm. percentage, you know, they're kind of resilient in that sense. Like people, people are going to use them, whether things are good or things are, are not great. How did you go about finding your customers or getting found? I mean, as a new brand, that's one of the hardest things to do is, you know, get out there, find customers, convince them to keep reordering. I saw you guys have like a subscription model with your product. I mean, how, what did that funnel look like? Uh, we, we basically looked online, you know, traditional channels, Facebook, Instagram, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But I, we think going forward, like offline events is going to be a big thing for us. So I mean, if you think about it, like our value proposition is that you just have a much better condom. And once you try it, you're just like, like I, I'm serious. Like for a long time, I was angry that I hadn't, like I had to use Trojans for like, you know, a decade. Because it's it's just you know, missing out on missing out like that is like just it's disappointing. Yeah, the waste right? the like, wasted so, decade. That's how that's what we're referring it to is. it as. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just I think once people try it, like once people try it, you just you can mm -hmm. tell, you know. And like that's that's I think gonna be a big part of uh, you know how we acquire customers in the future. So you could just send out one to every household and call it a day, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that is, much. you know, a very good strategy of like, if someone tries it, they'll know. I mean, we just had someone on the show last week who was talking about catalogs and direct mail is coming back so strong. I mean, is that kind of what you guys are also betting on? And are there other things that you're adding into that to kind of make it new and innovative? Or are you just like sticking with the basics? You know, we look, we're looking into direct and, uh, but also like just events, you know, like there's, especially within our target market on like the younger mm -hmm. crowd. Um, you know, there's concerts, like concert series, like we're, we're working with um, a concert series called Breakaway. So they're, they're starting out, they're on like a few markets right now, and they're looking to expand that uh, next year or two. So working with them to basically just hand out our condoms and just do a little bit of education with, uh, uh, at, at the events themselves. So how do you go about educating someone? Because to me, it's such a quick decision. You walk in, you're like, tunnel vision, don't look at me picking this out. Don't judge me. Like, yeah. How do you, you know, have enough time to even educate them? I mean, I was looking at your website, which is awesome. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. 
but how do you do it when it's, you know, in store, or even at a concert when they're like, yeah, this is similar to maybe one that Planned Parenthood just handed out to me too. Like they don't know. What are you right, doing to, right. you know, tackle that really quickly? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we try to convey our, our product features as much as possible. So letting them know that, you know, it's thinner than other condoms they've used before. It doesn't smell. It's clear. It's odorless. Um, it's 100% vegan. Um, they contain a dairy byproduct called casein. And actually, it turns out that casein is what gives condom that kind of gross rubbery smell that um, you probably associate with them. Mm -hmm. And so since our product doesn't contain casein, we actually, the condom doesn't smell. Again, some of those things have to be, you have to experience it. You have to try it out to actually understand what that means. Um, So our goal is just to get them into as many hands as possible and get as many people trying them as possible. Yeah. And an interesting thing is the casein is Actually, like a lot of people might think that they're allergic to latex, but they're actually allergic to the casein. Yep. I was just going to say so, that I know most people think they're yeah. allergic to, you know, milk or something, but it's actually the casein, right. the thin milk. And they can yeah. have maybe, I think like yeah. oat's milk and like Greek yogurt and stuff. And if that's mm-hmm. wrong, I right. feel like Rob, you'll tell me. because. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about the, the Greek yogurt and the goat's milk because that's not, you know, I don't, I don't drink goat's milk. Um, but in, in terms of like latex gloves, right? Like people are like, oh, I can't touch latex gloves because they're allergic mm-hmm. to it. Well, they're not allergic to the latex, they're allergic to the casing because that's what's used in their process. Got it, got it. So tell me a bit too around the messaging that you've built on your website. I was going through it. It was great. Your website's awesome for one. Uh, so kudos to you guys. But it also has a lot of humor around it. And I was going through the thread of, Let's see. It was like the best uh, conversations on social media, the, you know, types of reviews you guys are getting. First of all, whose idea was that? And how do you think about leading with humor? Yeah, that's how it's, it's all of us, right? Like it's, it's just the the nature of us. Like we have a, we have a, you know, a couple other people on the team. um, And so they contributed to it as well. But I think it's the, the use of humor. It's, it's such an easy product to bring humor to you know, so it's like, of course, we had to bring humor to it, uh, but we like we like to kind of balance like the the lowbrow with the highbrow. You know, like I think the highbrow kind of signals like signals, hey, we we're not just you know these kind of low lowlifes just randomly putting out a, a, a condom brands. Like we put some thought into our messaging. We put some thought into obviously our product as a result, and you know this is something that you could you know you could and should mm-hmm. buy and try at least yeah i think it's, it's all of us and and the interesting thing with like the, the comments or the reviews is that um our customers would, would just kind of reflect what we present to them and they kind of get our tone they get our voice and so like the reviews we get are kind of ridiculous like very common though you just go through like our reviews we don't like curate them so like i mean some of them are so detailed that I'm just like, how is yeah, this person yeah. like, how did they come up with this? Cause they're hilarious. Like they're actually like very funny people themselves, but also like, like TMI, you know, like, it's like, whoa, like this is <laughs> like, my wife would kill me if I was talking about this type of stuff on a random condom website. Hey there. Are you enjoying the show so far? Well, imagine your company's advertising placed right in this very spot during a future interview with another elite e-commerce mind. Imagine your messaging and logo directly connected to the industry's most prominent innovators and thought leaders, distributed across every major podcast platform and social network. Yeah, well, it's time to stop imagining. Learn how you can partner with Upnext in Commerce and sponsor this very show. Reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org and let's have a conversation. 
I also like your responses on your guys' social media where the person's asking about sizing and you're like, oh, oh our condoms fit anywhere between baby carrots and porn stars. So you're probably oh, in, oh, yeah. in there somewhere between. Yeah. I'm like, somewhere <laughs> in between. That's great. I mean, having someone yeah. witty like that, the only account that I've seen that's continuously witty like that is Wendy's, which I so yeah. very much appreciate. Yeah. And Morning Grew's getting there as well sometimes. Right, right. Yeah, no, we, we do what we can. I do I do a lot of the, the responses there. Like, I, I just try to have fun with it. You know, a lot of people, like, they're, they're ridiculous. Like, people are just ridiculous. And, you know, we like we like to keep it classy. Classy, but but um, classy and fun. You know, like, not too, not too crazy. Oh, like, okay. How do you encourage people to even, like, leave these reviews? Because I'm sure brands listening are like, I just want a normal review and I can't even get that. And here you guys have someone coming up with an yeah. entire book. It's actually witty. Like, what are you all doing to encourage yeah. people to come back and actually leave these reviews? Yeah, I, I think that's again. It's just it's just us. You know, we'll we'll come up with different these you know witticisms or whatever. Like, you know, as soon as you open the box, it says slip into something more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, or let the good times unroll, or catch you at the finish. You know, like I like it. You know, we're we're gonna come up with uh, a website soon, but like, come for the condoms, stay for the double entendres. You know, like whatever like once people read that stuff they get a vibe from us and it's just ps is about connecting and it's the best part of a message right it's like the best part of an interaction and that's what we want our brand to be about so that interaction with our customers and enabling interactions between them and their partners so it's just giving off a vibe and then having them vibe off of us and then just you know responding in kind it's pretty much, I think, the best way to do it. Yep. And you guys are definitely developing a community. So to understand scale, Raja, maybe you have this answer, but how many condoms are you guys selling a day, a month? Like, what does that look like? So we can kind of see where you came from. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when things started, we were probably selling like one a day and yeah. we were like, okay, cool. We sold a condom. <laughs> you know, we sold, we sold one. Yeah. You know, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely come a long way from when we, when we first started to, to right now. Yeah. And when did you guys turn on the subscription model and how's that working for you all? Yeah, we've, we've had it from day one um, as an option. Mm-hmm. And so we, but we knew people would want to try it first often before just saying, I'm going to commit to this and subscribe to it. You know, we started out with it. And I think over time, we've seen a good number of upticks from people who took, you know, the one-time purchase and then eventually rolled it into a subscription mm-hmm. and decided they wanted to just make it a more regular shipment that they're, that they're getting. Um, you know, we've tried different things like, quarterly um, subscriptions, eco-friendly subscriptions, like different things like that, that help basically, you know, people want things how they want them and when they want them. So if they're able to give us upfront notice that they want 36 condoms this month, we're, we're ready to ship those. You know, wow. so that'd be so impressive. <laughs> 36 condoms in a month. All right. we, we have, we have no idea what some people yeah. do. We're just, wow. Know, okay. Things. And then I'm guessing you allow people, like you said, give them what they want when they want it. Like if they fall upon hard times, they can pause it, they can stop it, they can restart it. I mean, that seems like what customers want these days. They don't want to be locked into something like subscription programs, you know, maybe used to pull them into. Yeah, totally. We let we let them, you know, be flexible and we're flexible with the timing. If they let us know, you know, they can always cancel, they can always um, push back the next shipment. So, you know, we're very, we're easy. I love it. So when thinking around, thinking about this industry, there's probably a lot of good opportunities for good content that can be created to also, you know, lift up the brand and spread the message. Have you all explored this so far? 
I don't know if you've seen our ads, but uh, so tell me about them. Ads. Okay. So our, our ads are kind of, we, we try to push the limits to what, you know, Facebook and Instagram will let us do without getting banned. Um, without getting banned. <laughs> we, we've managed to not get banned so far. Luckily we know some people internally, but, um, but you know, that's not to say that some of our ads don't get stopped. You know, some ideas that we have maybe have gone a little too far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think that we've, we've kind of managed to sort of tiptoe that line, um, somewhat successfully, but, you know, we try to bring in all the double entendres we're talking about here. We try to bring them into our ads as much as possible. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of limitations to what you're allowed to do on those platforms. Like we can talk about contraceptive, but we can't talk about fun or pleasure. And so, you know, which limits us a lot, but we, we try to find, you know, interesting ways to convey, you know, product features and, and benefits, uh, as much as possible without, you know, without going too far on the other side. That's an interesting angle that you have to play around the creativity of it, of just being like, look at this person's face. They're happy. Like you be the judge, but I can't tell you they're happy and I can't tell you what they're doing. I mean, are you only in the US? Because I'm imagining if you're in like Europe and other places, I would think, I mean, they definitely talk about it very differently than how we do here. Yeah. For for now, we're, we're only in the US. Okay. Got it. So tell me more about like who's creating, you know, the vision behind that content? Like, how do you guys create it? And then also keep it, like you said, within the parameters where you're not going to get in trouble. Like, what are some ideas that you bounce around that are maybe fun and upcoming? And how do you even come up with those to begin with? Yeah. Um, I guess like, so we have a chief creative officer. He's brilliant. And um, so he, he and I will kind of do um, a lot of the creative side, but everybody contributes, you know, like, we'll say, Hey, like something that we're working on, like, do you guys have any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, like, I think one, like, kind of something that you were, you were talking about before, like, so we have like this one ad, like talking about tiptoeing that line between what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. It's like, now we have like a ghost to kind of imply that, Hey, like you could barely tell it's there, you know, yeah. but it has like, it has like three holes in it, it has like the, the eyes and the mouth. Yeah. Right. So of course people on like the comments are like, Oh, there's like holes in yeah. it. I'm not going to buy this condom. Like whatever. I was just, that was my first thought. I'm like, do you want that on your ad? These are holy condoms. Read into that how yeah, you want. So, so, we, so we responded with, well, like holes aren't included. Those are for you to find. You know? So like it, they, they love that one. But, oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's what it is. Like, obviously we didn't, we didn't plan for that, but it's just the, it's just the process of like, all right, well, what is the feature? What are the things that we want to bring out? What's a creative way of bringing it out without, uh, while towing that line of being appropriately inappropriate mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of seeing if it flies, you know, and yep. crossing our fingers at this through. Yep. I can imagine. I mean, when thinking about going offline or maybe to different platforms, do you have those same, the same rules or are they a little more lenient? No rules. <laughs> no rules. <laughs> so Rob's yeah, going to get the yeah. company in trouble and Raja will <laughs> ensure that doesn't happen. <laughs> Reel us back in. Yeah, reel it in, reel <laughs> yeah, I mean, it in. I, in terms of digital marketing, you've got like the, the major channels all have the same rules, essentially. Um, you know, Snapchat, TikTok, uh, TikTok might be more more restrictive even. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Google might have slightly fewer rules. They're basically all the same until you start getting to the, you know, the adult sites. The adult sites have no rules whatsoever. Yeah. You can do anything we would want. Okay, what about mail and billboards and all the other things? Um, in terms of like outdoor, like, you know, subway ads, outdoor you know, billboards, like they, they do have like similar restrictions. So I think that's where we kind of have to, you know, 
think a little more creatively to, to get onto. Got it. All things considered, I mean, condoms are a FDA class two medical device. And so, you know, we have to register with the FDA. We go through a lot of kind of hoops to, to be able to launch a condom brand. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the humor obviously sometimes is, is like a little, little crass, but it's, you know, we're definitely, we're going by the books on a lot of things and we have to sort of, um, often explain that to a lot of, a lot of channels and a lot of other people like, Hey, actually, no, we're, you know, we're not just some random brand that decided to make some, put some rubber together and see what could happen. That's a plus. That'd be a little, little scary. What, what did that FDA regulation look like? Like, what was the process? Was it hard or was it semi-easy since you already kind of had a product you were working with that worked well in other countries? It wasn't, it's not necessarily that difficult. It's just kind of another set of things. You know, I, I think anytime you work with a, a government agency, it's kind of like you, you submit all these documents and you just wait. <laughs> and eventually, hopefully things come back and saying that everything's okay. Um, and, you know, we work, we have to work with manufacturers who are, um, you know, authorized by the FDA or cleared by the FDA to actually be able to sell these condoms. And, they get checked every year or two. The FDA actually goes and inspects their factories and make sure that everything goes okay. They do all these types of tests, electronic testing, water testing, pressure testing, all this sort of stuff. And then personal testing. Personal testing. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we volunteer for that. Um, and, then, and then after that, um, you know, so they've, they've gone through kind of, you know, probably the tougher side of it. But on our side, you know, we have to still go through a bunch of checks. Every time we receive a shipment, you know, it's a little more painful going through customs, going through FDA after customs, um, getting onto platforms, like, you know, getting onto Amazon. It's just, it's just an extra set of steps for everything. We have all the documents, but it's just every time uh, we do something different, we have to continuously reiterate that, that point over and over. Got it. So earlier I'm thinking about, you're talking about going through customs right now and uh, Rob, you're talking about the person with the review saying like the only bad thing is like, it's not made here. What was your guys' thought around, you know, keeping it made overseas versus bringing it here and maybe avoiding the whole customs steps? Yeah, I mean, I think so. If we, if you look at the market, only Trojan manufactures any products in the U.S. at this point, um, and I think it's about fifteen percent of their, you know, ten to twenty percent of their condoms are manufactured in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So for even for them, you know, the majority are manufactured in Asia. For FDA approved manufacturers, I think we're looking at maybe five or six countries in Asia that that make all of them. And so, you know, we were kind of limited because um, we couldn't just knock on Trojan store and ask them to manufacture for us. And I think the last condom factory we read about disappeared three or four years ago. So what happened to them? Trojan took them out. We talked to them. They're still here. Okay. Got into a conversation with them about their factory. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there's a group of people trying to revive them. And if they do, we're happily going to talk to them about it. And yeah, we'd love to, I mean, we'd love to make, make it in the U.S. Cool. So uh, before the conversation started, we were talking about the branding of PS and PS condoms. And Rob, I wanted to hear your thoughts around, I mean, starting out with, you know, just condoms, but having a bigger vision for the company. So tell me a bit about what that looks like going forward. Yeah, I think in terms of our products, like right now, we only sell, um, we only sell condoms. Uh, like we actually started with just the regular size condom and then you know, we moved on, we added the XL condom. I guess the philosophy that we have is, is let's not just add products to our portfolio just because we can. We want products that are actually going to make uh, a big difference. So similar to our condoms, where we think it's literally the best condom that you're ever going to try. And a lot of people say the same. 
Like we want things that are going to make you say like, wow, this is a game-changing product. And again, that's a, a word that we see a lot in our reviews, but like we want every product to be that way. Now, without, I think, without showing too much, Raja, I don't know, like maybe you're, obviously there's going to be lubes, but like, you know, a lube that is going to you know, help prevent you know, some types of STDs. Um, so uh, we didn't talk about this, but uh, condoms or, or, or STDs are at all-time highs right now. Like we're talking about like 20 million cases each year. Wow, um, scary. So, Everyone stay with yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the comments that we get is, are, are talking about like, oh, raw dog is the best way. Like, uh, what's a condom? Ha, ha, ha. But like, that's why STDs are at all-time highs. It's not just pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So like, that's something that we, you know, we, we're going to hopefully, knock on wood, come out with the product soon. Um, we're in the, we're in the talks uh, with that, um, as well as other things down the line, which again are are going to be about changing the game rather than just hey, let's just add another product out there. Okay, well, I want to move on to the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud. This is where I ask a question and you have a minute or less to answer. I'm giving us enough time because there's two of you, and I want to make sure you both can answer the questions. So, are you both ready? Yes, let's do it. Okay, I'll start with Raja. What is the best piece of business advice you've ever been given? I think, you know, the customer comes first. Like anything that we do, kind of we put the customer first, we put ourselves in their shoes in terms of actually purchasing the product, in terms of the experience of receiving it, in terms of communicating with us, um, all of that. So, you know, everything we do comes from a customer first perspective. Rob, what about you? I heard a wise man once said that the customer comes Oh my first. gosh. I was going to say, you can't um, say ditto. You have to have your own unique, authentic answer. <laughs> um, I think I, I think it's just, you know, do business with people that you feel comfortable with. That's like, just very, that's been very true for me. You know, like whether it's investors, whether it's business partners, you know, Raj and I were friends before we were uh, business partners. Um, it's kind of like dating. It's like we're friends before we became lovers. And I yeah. thought that I was going to say that, but I didn't. Uh, but in general, I think that's the best best advice I got. It's just you know, work with people that you feel comfortable with. Bring people in that with, that you feel comfortable with, and you know it's going to be all good. Because you know, if you if you're working with people that you just get a bad vibe from from like just the very beginning, then you know it's just it's just not worth it. So yep. I think that's the best thing. That's a good one. All right, Rob, back to you again. What was okay. one time in the company history that you got most nervous? Scared, nervous, worried, whatever. Any stories, like the one moment that you're like, I was actually quite scared about that. Here's the way I think about it, right? Like, so in, uh, in Iraq, I, I just realized that I was like, you know, before we, we went to the, you know, we invaded and all that stuff. Like as we're, you know, they, I was just like super worried about like, oh, what if this happens? What if I lose my arm? Or what if like, blah, 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 right? Like all of these scenarios just go through your head, you know? And I, I was just like, all right, well, this is not sustainable, right? Like this, I'm probably going to be here for months. It's like, this is just not a good way to live. So I, I said, well, what's the best thing I could do? And I just figured like, I should just focus on like right now, you know, like what is the best thing that I could do right now that's going to increase my level and my likelihood of survival, right? Like take care of, myself take care of my 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 weapons take care of my my buddies take care of like everything like just focus on right now and have some little of a plan an idea of what you're going to do trust your training trust yourself and like you know continue to move forward right? and that that got me through the war 
And same with like my first startup. I'll say that's when I felt a lot of like, oh my gosh, like, are we going to make it and whatever. But in the end, like, if you just kind of trust yourself, you trust your team, you, you give yourself credit and you just you keep going. There's no way we're not going to make it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's good. It's got a little you just took my whole conversation and flipped it on his head and I'm here for it. But Raja. Now you have to actually answer it. You got to answer it for real this time. Don't try and pull a Rob. You got to really answer it. How does someone follow that up? I know you actually can't, but we still want to hear from you. I think that there was a moment. So we worked on the brand. Um, we started in 2018, just kind of figuring out what the brand, the voice, the tone, the name, you know, all of that sort of stuff. 2019, we got our first you know, shipment, our first order in and we got our website up and everything looked like we were ready to launch. And then I get like a frantic phone call from our customs agent just saying, hey, like you can't sell the condoms. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like we are going to sell starting Monday. And, you know, we're, we're going live, like the website's going live and everything, it is live. I mean, actually it is live. And he was just like, well, we got a letter from the FDA saying like, do not distribute. And I was like, why, what's wrong? Like, well, We've never gotten a shipment of condoms before. We don't know what that's like. So, um, and basically it had missed a checkpoint as it came into the country. And so like, we had a whole nother series of things to go through and it was just like, oh, God, okay. Like just kind of like felt like a really like, Oh no, what's going on? Is something wrong with them? Is something wrong with the shipment? Is, you know, as a first time, yeah. you know, the first time thing, it was just like, Oh God, is this going to happen every time? It didn't happen every time, but it was just one of those things where it was like, everything felt ready. And then I was like, okay, wait, we had to wait another like month or so before we could actually do anything. Oh, I can definitely see how that can be scary. Of like, is this my company history going forward? Is it going to be like this? That's a good one. You followed it up. Well, all right. Next one, Rob, what's one thing you don't understand today that you wish you did? I think on the, on the, I, I think, I, I think we could be, or I think I could be, I think it'd be a, a bit more structured on, um, on the branding side. Like, you know, I've never built a brand, right? Like I came from building a mobile app, which is very utility based to, you know, building a brand, which is, which has a life of its own learning and understanding more of how exactly to do that. Like, I think, I think I know that we're going to, we're going to get there and we're doing it, but um, I think, just being better at it faster and you know being more knowledgeable about it right now is something that I wish I I knew better like at this moment. Well, thankfully we have so many episodes that can help you with that. Just go back to number yep. one and start <laughs> start going through them. <laughs> Raja, what about you? I, I think you know we so we did a trade show back when there were trade shows, which feels like six years ago at this point, but it was the beginning of last year. And we were able to get in front of and meet with thousands of people, like just all day. And now, you know, obviously with today's day and age, like that sounds just crazy to me that we, you know, shook hands with, met with, you know, handed samples off to thousands of people. And we got to understand kind of where, what was actually interesting to them when you said it was 40% thinner, how did they react? When you said it was vegan, what happened there? When you, you know, opened it up, showed them it didn't smell, it was clear over it was like all the things we tried. I, I think we, you know, it would be great to get back to a little bit more of that, like actually get back in front of the customer, understand, you know, exactly, you know, what's working, what's not working. Um, you know, we get a lot of communication through, through email, through, you know, chat, through our posts, but I think it's just great to get in front of people and actually get that face-to-face interaction. So, you know, I think it would be good to just get a better sense of like, what's, you know, what are the other things in life that our customers are, are looking for and we could potentially provide to them. 
That's a good one. I mean, even thinking about like what you said, some things are easy to understand, like, oh, it's not going to smell bad. Some things like percentages, I'm like, I don't know what 40% would be like versus 80% different versus 1%. I'm not sure. So yeah, that's, that's a tricky one to think about, especially if you have to just kind of like try it to know. All right, Robert, Raja, this has been awesome having you guys on the show. Really fun round table. Could have been so many more giggles, but thankfully I held it in and I stayed as mature as possible. Um, but for now, where can people find out more about you guys and PS? Awesome. Yeah, they can check us out at uh, www.psgoodtimes.com or on Instagram at psgoodtimes. Amazing. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you'll probably also love our e-commerce newsletter. To get it delivered straight to your inbox every week, sign up at mission.org slash upnext in commerce. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Upnext in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.